Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. So, like last week I told you, we uh, ended Hebrews and we're, and we're done with it. And now we're going to, in the next four weeks, kind of look at um, worship and, and what that looks like for us. But bef- before we start that, I, I want to introduce you to uh, uh, some new things that you might not know about worship. Just to let you know, we are not going to talk about how you worship. That's, that's not where this sermon series is going. The sermon series is going about uh, when we come to church, where are we at when it comes to worship? Because I think that we assume that when we say worship, it's only about that certain section right there about singing. But what if we could come away from a four-week series on worship and realize that it's absolutely every moment of our life? That when we come and talk about worship, it is a whole approach to life. Not just a single 15 minutes on a Sunday morning and one at the end in which we get to raise hands no matter how, how we think. And I've got plenty more videos where those come from the next four weeks to kind of reorientate ourselves to go, wait a second, maybe we've been thinking about it wrong. Maybe we've been going into worship for the longest time and going, wait, what if it was about me, what I like, how I feel about raising my hands, what sort of emotion I get from it. But what if it was more than just that? What if worship was like Israel looked like at the very beginning in Deuteronomy? It's called the Shema. And this is what God says to them. He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. If you flip over to um, the New Testament, it looks a little bit like this. Mark 12, 30 through 31, it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. If we're going to look at worship, I think we need to have an amazing foundation of where we're at personally. And so we're going to start with a kind of biblical viewpoint of worship. And this is how we're going to look at it for the next four weeks. And it says this. Did I have that for you, man? Sorry. I should say biblical worship is a response in our heart, soul, mind, and strength to who God is and what he has done. And so we're going to look at the next couple of weeks, heart, the soul, the mind, and the strength. There's a verse in Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 that says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender heart responsive heart and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations that's our whole point of worship is that we are rooting inside of ourselves to get rid of whatever 
is stubborn inside of us, whatever is stony inside of us, whatever is hard-hearted inside of us, and allow God to do that. And because of that, we have a response. Not just in our heart, but our soul, our mind, and our strength to who God is and what he has done for us. So we're going to be all over the Bible over these next couple of weeks, these four weeks with each other. But I really hope that we can dive in at the very end of it and realize that, okay, where am I when I come on a Sunday morning? Where, where in this spectrum of worship do I land? Because most of the time, it's probably pretty difficult to get here right away in the morning. My wife was gone this week, and so I got to take care of four kids and try to do a ponytail and it wasn't right so I did it four times and you know just getting everybody out the door making sure they got fed I'm pretty sure Silas had fruity pebbles this morning which probably is not a good thing to fill him up but I had a I had a weak moment I bought fruity pebbles for him yesterday <laughs> but we come together as a church family and I think it begs the question where am I at in worship and so today I think we have to start with the heart. We have to start with the heart. So we worship in heart. Number one, true worship takes the focus off of us and puts it on God. There's a quote that came to me um, this week that said, um, are you a fan of an audience of one? Do you desire an audience of one? Because really the only person that matters in the room is not the person next to you or even the band up here, but man, the audience of one with God. Most of the time we want to make an audience of one of ourselves, right? Ah, I can't really get into this. I can't really focus on this because I've got so many worries on myself. Or man, have you ever, have you ever tried to sit down and concentrate on God and you just can't because all of the things in life keep rushing in. I wonder what would happen if we started taking the focus off of us and putting it on God. I don't, don't feel like coming to church today, God. But I'm going to focus on you. We've been going through Hebrews and every, all the time it keeps coming back over and over and over again. It says Jesus is the true source of everything we need. He was sent by God. In him, everything is created by him. And man, I look at it and I go, why, why do we come on Sunday morning reluctantly? Or why do we come to Sunday morning harried and just having a hard time? What if we could come to the point on Sunday morning and just say, you're the God of the universe, I need you. I mean, can you just picture that this morning? That God has been with you all week long and he sits here and he says, would you please just hang out with me every single day? Not just on Sunday morning, but Sunday morning reorientates us and goes, man, remember? You remember the goodness of God? When we pray, you're praying to the creator and sustainer of all things. When you're worshiping, you're worshiping the God that in a second not even a second, all of this is gone or all of this is here because of him. And we have the audacity on a Sunday morning to say, God, it is about me. It is about what I want and what I need from you. Now, trust me, in worship, we can ask God because God says, would you please bring 
what's going on in your life to me. We can ask that all the time, but I wonder if it's a focus on telling God what we should have in our lives or if it's a focus on going, God, I, I want what you want for my life. Psalms 51.10 says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. You see, I think the reason why David was said that he was a man after God's own heart is because he desired the kingdom of God. He wanted his focus to be on God. Every time he took his focus off, he was reminded that he needed to have his focus back on God. That was his main desire. Man, did David mess up? Absolutely. Did David do some really horrible things? Absolutely. And yet at the very end of his life, it was still said that David was a man after God's own heart because the focus was God. And so David says this, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. And we're going to talk about even those things that are in that verse, but first of all, I think we need to understand we need a clean heart. And where does that start? It starts with the second point in our sermon is that our worship comes out of our treasure. Our worship comes out of our treasure. Where does your treasure lie this morning? A week ago, I was taking my boat up to uh, Tony's shop, and I had to stop uh, here at the church. And uh, then my wife called me and said, hey, I need you to come back home. And so as I was driving back home, one of the totes in my boat uh, tipped over and hit the trim on my boat. And so my lower unit went down on the ground, and I just drug my lower unit for probably, I don't know, 100 yards. I got home, and I was so furious, right? Because I saw it, and so I got it, and then I, <laughs> I fixed it, and I moved the tote back and got it away, and then as I was driving, the tote fell back over again, right? And I only had like two blocks to get to my house, and I heard, I saw it going down again, Right? And so I just, I threw the tote like out. But like I have to unbutton a whole bunch of buttons to do it. And I got inside and I literally just threw my coat and I had this like little two year old tantrum. Like, ah, where's the money coming from this thing? I can't believe it. We're looking to try to do this and that. I mean, I was just like vomiting all over my wife, right? Just stupid words. I got into the car. After about 20 minutes of just fuming, and I, and, I, and I heard the word, it's just a boat. That day, I proved to my children that my treasure was in a stupid boat. And I can tell you in those 20 minutes, okay, two hours of fuming, I showed to my kids what exactly was important to me. Because my son tried to help out and I just told him, I said, just stop, leave me alone, get away from me. We do that with all sorts of things, from really little things to incredibly big things. My son, like I said last week, graduated from hunter safety and this whole entire week he's been consumed with buying a gun in which I'm thinking, where am I gonna find the time to take you? My son is showing where his treasure is at those moments. Because I do think God creates us to have fun and to enjoy things of the world. But as soon as they become more important than, 
the creator and sustainer of all things. We have completely gone out of focus. Isaiah 29, 13 says this. And this is pretty harsh. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. How many of you guys have sung a worship song and not even known what you're singing by the end of it? But their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. And you can really tell where your treasure is when you sing a song and you have no clue what you're either singing or you're thinking about something completely different. We do lip service, right? I tell God he's the most important thing in my life and something as simple as scraping a boat along the ground completely takes my focus off of him. Where's your treasure? We're going to get distracted so many times and our hearts are going to be clouded by so many different things. But I wonder, are you simply just doing lip service? Does God, are you asking God to give you a chance to show that your treasure is in him? Which then Luke 6.45 says, as a, a, per, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so, where's our treasure? But also, it goes back to what are you allowing into your heart then? And so, if you're taking notes with me still, point number three, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. When it comes to God and your relationship with him, what are the things that you tell God? Are they the things in which you are telling him what to do for your life? Or are they the things that are opening up your heart more to God? Are you asking him to clean out your heart? Are you asking him to search your heart like David in Psalms 139? Or are you in one instance giving God lip service and in another instance turning around and saying lewd and crude things? Are you allowing things to enter into your life that take you away from God? Now, I'm sure they're, they're funny and they're hilarious. But I wonder what's in your heart that allows you to speak. I notice that most often for me, that when I allow so many other things to enter besides God, that things slip out just like that. Things are super easy. My anger and my emotions come out, and I say things that I don't mean or that I don't desire to say, but because it's in my heart, I say it. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If we want to worship in heart well, I think we real, need to realize that we need to guard it all week long, every day. What are the things that we are allowing in? Because that's what comes out. Guard your heart well, for it determines the course of your life. And once we decide that we want to put the focus on God, and once we decide that, man, we, we want the right treasures, and we want... We want to speak the right things. Then and only then can God do the next part, which is God puts a new song in our hearts. 
And then it doesn't become about what worship song we're singing. It doesn't become about, man, that's not my favorite lyrics. It doesn't become about whether I feel like I can raise my hand, pat my chest, carry the TV, hold my baby, all those sort of things. It becomes about, God, I just want to worship you. There's an, even a, a point in the scripture where it says, I, I will become even more undignified than this. That I'm willing to lay it all bare because of the new song you've put in my heart, God. Psalms 40, 30 says this, He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Because here's what happens when we put our focus on God, when our heart, when our true worship comes out of our right treasure, our right place, and we are speaking the things that we need to be. That very end thing happens because God has put the song in our hearts. And people will be amazed at what he's done in our lives. And they will put their trust in God. Tony, before I read that 1 Corinthians 16 verse, I want to read this quote from John Piper to you all. It says this, The inner essence of worship is to know God truly and then respond from the heart to that knowledge by valuing God treasuring God, prizing God, enjoying God, being satisfied with God above all earthly things. And then that deep, restful, joyful satisfaction in God overflows in demonstrable acts of praise from the lips and demonstrable acts of love and serving others for the sake of God. You see, I think... Possibly I've been having the wrong view of worship for a really long time. I was hoping that it would be something where I could sing a song and well up some sort of emotion, raise a hand, do whatever to be able to go, God, would you please either do something for me or let me know you're here. And in fact, he's always said that he would always be with us. It doesn't really matter. What I want, does it? It matters about who God is. That God, the creator and sustainer of all things, would see us in our helpless estate by realizing that we've got hearts that are completely turned off to him would do something to change our hearts. Would do something to take the focus off of ourselves and put it more on him. And that he would show us what to really value and treasure in this world. And that he would change the way we communicate. And that he would put the new song in our hearts. All for his glory and to bring others to him. What an amazing spot to be in as worshipers. And so the last thing before we kind of close this up and before I want to show you an amazing demonstration of what it means to worship in heart, I, I want to read First Chronicles to you, 16, 8 through 27. And this is what it says. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his goodness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. 
Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. You children of his servant Israel, you descendants of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. Remember his covenant forever, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant he made with Abraham and then the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. I will give you the land of Cana as your special possessions. He said this when you were few in numbers, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another, yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, do not touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he's done. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. And after reading that, I can't think that worship is about me when after reading that, I want to change what I value and treasure, I want to make sure that my heart is guarded because I want the right things out of my heart. And I want to trust that God puts a new song in my heart every single day. I want to give you an example of somebody who I think is learning to worship in heart and learning to um, allow God to use them in every aspect of their lives. But first, I, I want to tell you that um, man, eight, eight years ago, uh, in 2010, October 2010, we hired this um, person. Her name is Terry Johnson. And for, and I, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, at that time, we didn't have tons of kids in our children's ministry. Um, but we knew that we had to step out in faith and we had to hire Terry. We knew that she would bring um, a new dynamic to our church that we had never had before. And I remember going into Jay's office and just saying, this is where we need to go. And so we stepped out in faith because at that time we actually didn't have any money as a church to hire a children's ministry director. And so we even made a special little place for, for her that says, hey, if we can't support her, would you guys be willing to do that just in case we can't come for the general funds? And we had some people put some money aside, and guess what? We never actually really had to use that fund because she came and she did an amazing job of loving on children and seeing mothers on the fringe and just reaching out to them. For the last two months, we've uh, allowed her to be on uh, a little bit of, of a leave. And I saw, I got to be a part of some of her ministry and just kind of go, I, I don't know how she can keep all these plates spinning. 
And so this week she came to me and she, um, she just said, hey man, I, I really want to share with the church what God is doing on my heart and how God is just directing me and guiding me. And I, I, do, I wish that I could plan these things. I wish I could say, hey, I was able to miraculously figure this out, but God has a way of being able to come to us and say, hey, I want you to see what worship looks like in our hearts and our minds and in our soul and our strength. And so Terry has been a, an amazing example of that as she shared with me this week. And I want her to be able to come up and share that with you guys. And so um, Terry, would you come up here and I'll get you a mic. Last couple of months has just been uh, a time where I've just spent a lot of time with God. And I want to, I want to start with a couple of verses before I get going. Isaiah 41 10 says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with your righteous right hand. And God does hold us, and it's amazing to watch that process and how he holds us. Another verse that God showed me um, is Isaiah 40, verse 26. Look up into heavens, who created the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling them each by name. Because of his great power, incomparable strength, not one is, when, no, not a single one is missing. I have always loved the stars, and um, just that promise of the greatness of who God is, that he created it all, and um, I have a visitor. Um, <laughs> thanks, Carla. Um, but he, he pulled them all out. He's called them all by name. And the cool part, I was, at the, I was out in Portland, I was at the beach, and I saw stars in the, in the water, too. And God called everyone by name. Two other passages in Isaiah. Sorry, I was stuck in Isaiah this summer, I guess. 42.16. I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guide them along an unfamiliar way. I'll brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things and will not forsake them. The last one I'd like to share is, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness I'll create a river in the dark wastelands. I just love that picture that he's pointing that out for us and saying, look, I've started something new. Eight years ago, God gave me one of my dreams, the opportunity to do ministry in eastern Montana. I've dreamt this since high school to come back. Looking back over the years, I can see how God has guided me to this point in my life. So with confidence, I know that God continues to guide me and goes before me. So thankful that we walk with such a loving and amazing God. This is a great church body with some great leaders that are seeking God and some amazing people that I call friends and have grown to call family. Thank you for stepping out in faith eight years ago to hire me. Thank you for this amazing opportunity to work with your precious kids and families. This has truly been one of the best chapters of my life. 
This new chapter in my life is not what I, had, I would have planned or wished for, but I know it's the chapter God has opened up in my life. Even though it, was, it has truly broken my heart, I can see God holding me close to him and guiding me. Some of you may or may not know that Dan and I are legally separated and we, were, we are working at healing ourselves. At least a few months, the last few months, the church has provided a sabbatical for me to start processing and working through some things. Thank you for this time and space. During this time, I spent some time in Portland with my adoptive family. I felt led at this time by God to step down from my current position. I then sought wisdom from my college mentor, my counselor, and met with two pastor friends that knew me well, that know me well. They all have encouraged me to step down. Therefore, to obey what I believe God is asking me to do at this time, I'm choosing to step down from my current job as director of children's ministry. I believe that I am not able to be, do the best at my job because of where my heart is. I need to, a break to heal things in my own life. At this time, my plan is to remain in this community and current family. You may be seeing me mess around the church for a time because I am in need of time to heal. This is not because I do not love each of you. The ministry that God is doing through you and this church. I'm truly excited to see where God is, will and take this ministry through this new step. God knows all of this and he is walking with us, before us and holding us. Isn't he an amazing God we serve? Isn't it amazing that he invites you and I to be part of this ministry? He could do all of this without us, but he delights in watching us use the gifts that he's designed us with. I just want to thank you, and I love you all. And thank you for letting me serve this church. Here's what I'm going to have us do. Um, I, I think that, um, I don't think, I, I know that the, the best thing to do to, um, to kind of start closing some of this up. Oh, don't walk away. Walk away, sorry. Um, Terry, I'm going to have you stand right here in the middle. <laughs> and uh, we're going we're gonna to pray for Terry. And if you'd like to come, you can sit in your seat or you'd like to come and surround her. Um, that's fine. Uh, she's just going to stand here and you guys can all come around her. And uh, if you want to sit in your seats, just reach out your hands and uh, do that. But um, this is what it means to worship in heart is not necessarily knowing always um, what all the results are, but knowing that we walk with God. And that's Terry's desire, is, is that she, above a title of a, of a ministry or a job, she, her desire is that God is number one in her life. No matter the outcome, no matter the results, that is what she desires. And that is what worship is. It's not a song that makes us feel amazing, though that is a catalyst towards this. But it is our hearts desiring God above all else. So you can reach out a hand if you want to from where you're sitting or you can stand. But let's pray together.
God, your goodness is undeniable. God, in the midst of strife and worry and fear, your spirit gives strength and encouragement and and fills our hearts with you to be able to have the courage to take a step. God, I thank you for the example of Terry's life right now. I thank you that you are speaking to her and that you are walking with her and that you are guiding her and that your word has been a lamp unto her feet and a light unto her path. God, we thank you that the ministry that you've done through her thus far here at Glasgow Evangelical Church. Now, God, eight years ago, you would bring her and that you would bring amazing little footsteps into our service and, and that they would just be running around and that, Lord, this place is packed on Wednesday nights with, with kids desiring to know your, your word. And Lord, her ministry has been a catalyst for all of those. I mean, ba way back in the beginning when you started this church, you knew what was going to happen. And Lord, we thank you that, uh, man, she has shown us that kids are important, that uh, helping them connect to you is a beautiful thing. And Lord, as she moves forward, she doesn't know what the chapters hold. But Lord, she knows that she wants to be grounded in you. That she desires that you would be the Lord of her marriage. And God, that uh, she would be the person that you are calling her to be in, in all of those situations. God, I, I ask that you would bless Terry and protect her. God, I ask that you would smile on her and be gracious to her. And Lord, may you show her your favor and give her your peace. In your holy name I pray, amen. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up and we're going to finish with uh, a last song because I think all of us in every single area of our life comes to the point of needing to come to the altar and worshiping God for who he is. That's the whole point of what we desire to do is understand the forgiveness of Christ and understand that he does have us and he's taking care of us. And so there are some of you in the room that want to know what we're going to be doing stepping forward with, with Terry. And when she came into our office on Monday, we got to have a council meeting that night. And um, we are going to continue to walk with Terry. We, we're going to um, cover her uh, salary for the rest of the year and keep on walking with her in, in the process. And so um, she's, got, she's got some great people surrounding her. And so... Uh, Man, we're not planning on going and filling this position right away really quickly. That's not our, our whole entire goal. Our, our whole entire goal is to make sure that um, relationships and, and God is glorified and relationships are healed. And so uh, this is what I'm asking of you guys, is that you would continue to 
pray with us for children's ministry. Continue to pray with us that, um, that Terry and God and Dan are all walking together and enjoying his joyfulness. And so uh, continue just to be pleased praying with us in this process. And um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else to say. So we love you all and have a great Sunday. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.